good morning good afternoon and good evening to all of our listeners welcome back to yet another episode of our podcast blaze and glaze this time is packed with another author so today we have with us author vivek datta mishra now let me tell you something about him before we start talking to him vivek by profession is a software technology enabler a self professed title in this role he enables the software companies to develop better software designs build robust architecture and most importantly make effective software professionals with over two decades of experience as a speaker influencer and educator his impressive clientele includes the likes of tcs mercedes ge mindtree cisco hp jp morgan bnp paribas honeywell honeywell L&T, Walmart, Siemens, Capgemini and a lot more. But long before associating with software technology, he has been passionate about Indian history and epics and did an extensive study on the subject. Armed with a firm conviction about the superiority of ancient prehistoric literature over history, he has scripted and directed stage shows such as Ramleela to show various perspectives of the great epic. This series and its inspiration come both from the frustration of the systematic condemnation of our superior Indian culture and a sense of duty to stand it. He has also participated in several of our anthologies. Uh, before going further, let us talk to Sir and get to know a lot of more things. Good evening, Sir. How are you doing? Hi, Shani. Thank you. I'm doing well and thanks for having me at your show. It is an honor having you sir. So before we go forward let me tell the listeners. So today sir has a lot of important tips to give us, a lot of things to share and more importantly sir is here to tell us about his book. So guys get interested and get excited. I am So uh sir my first question would be uh who supported you during your entire journey and could you just tell us something about your journey uh, i think the first question is a really easy one i have a lot of support my friends my family best friends and i would say above all the constant the guidance of the legacy of wisdom left by my father so they constantly supported me Okay that is so nice to hear. So uh, when I was reading your bio one thing that really intrigued me was you have scripted and directed a lot of shows especially Ramleela. Ah uh, yes. Could you just tell me something more about it? I am very intrigued by it. Okay. See Ishani I stay in Bangalore in a shared community kind of thing you can understand. Mhm. And while we have a lot of different kind of cultural programs and functions the idea that somebody would be conducting things like ramleela was a new idea don't happen you will see a lot really there is a ramleela maidan and there is a long tradition but mm-hmm. the traditions at least i didn't see around in our areas so we decided why not let's go and have ramleela during the navratra season so that is how this idea germinated i wrote a script to narrate ramleela the way 
I see the great epic, and then it beca- it became very much successful. Although I would say the execution was not as great as at the first time. Then we conducted for continuously four more years before COVID took us over. So each time, I would say one of the greatest uh, quality you say is I would be writing a new script every time because I believe that in our this epic, it is so grand. that one you cannot touch everything in probably a span of one or two hours and to tell the same thing you can do it in a dozen of different ways and perspectives absolutely so, agreed i made a point not to read write the or reuse the same script but think every time differently from a different perspective so that people can understand new ideas and even if i have the same audience they are still thrilled to watch ramila again and again that is so great that is so great and that is why you know somewhere before i started with your interview i had this mindset that today i'm going to learn a lot from you thank you okay uh, so sir where and how did you start your journey especially as a writer uh, okay i would say my journey started shall i say long time ago definitely longer than i could remember but not not as a writer i would say it was more as a reader someone who understands wants to understand the grand epic tradition of india mm-hmm. some grand history i have always been an avid reader and a very proud indian at that so i have been reading a lot and i started to write more as a blog and i maintained a blog on lordship for many years i would say around 2004 5 when i wrote a lot of things the blog is still maintained although other not maintained it is still there so i wrote a lot as blogger then when my professional occupation pulled me away then i scripted i said some ramleela and started to work on my epic fiction that is so, i would say that is still more than one and a half decade you should say but i am not always during the whole period there were many long stops long pauses also because of the professional commitments and all that is that is general and i and what is good to hear is even after long pauses you still continued so that is again something that uh, sounds very good to me so so when you say you're an avid reader i would uh, take i would you know take the thing to ask you which is your favorite book okay i'll i'll divide this thing into probably one from indian literature or indian epic which i will not be comparing or sitting far with any other literature because i find it to be a lot superior and got at a different level if i remove those things probably my most favorite ever most favorite book is the count of monte cristo by alexander dumas have you heard about this book i have i think heard about it somewhere one time but then i'm not being able okay. to recall this book has been uh, inspiration for a whole generation of books and for a whole generations of authors like if you ask in fact it was jeffrey archer was asked that if you were to write any book rewrite a book which one that will be and he without a blink said the count of monte cristo in fact he wrote a book a prison of birth which was a modern adaptation of the count of monte cristo and i think mr archer will not be 
feeling bad if I say that that book could not reach to the grandeur of the Monte Cristo. So that is one of my most favorite book. Then my recommendation for reading a non-fiction would be Freedom at Midnight. Probably I strongly say every Indian must read it at least once. Atlas Front. These are some of the best books I would say. I I can recommend anyone. So then, uh, what I'm going to do is the one once I'm done with this call, the first thing I'm going to do is open my Amazon account and order these two books at first. I will, however, warn you very strongly about Count of Monte Cristo. It is one of the thickest book you will probably find around over a thousand pages in very small print, but it is every bit worthy of reading. I would definitely give it a try. I would definitely give it a try. Okay. Uh, sure. So now let me come to the question I think you've been most waiting for. Uh please tell me something about your bestseller. First of all, congratulations for making your book uh on a bestseller list. That is in itself very great and it feels great when I get to interview such an author. Uh thank you very much and thank you for asking this question as you can guess that is one of my most favorite and flattering topics to talk about your own work. Absolutely. Miss Becker's God is an epic fiction. I would say it is based on the greatest epic of all the time, that is Mahabharata. And here I am trying to rediscover the story with, I would say, one focused goal. Why Kurukshetra battle is known as Dharmayudha? Means if you if you look into Mahabharata, and I am pretty sure, like everyone else in India, you know pretty good about this. Uh, epic story mahabharat right absolutely so, why is doesn't it superficially look like a family feud a property dispute a fight for throne or maybe a bollywood revenge story no. it does it does somehow or the other it does so if if it was just like a bollywood revenge drama kind of thing do you think such kind of trivial story can hold the imagination of millions of people over thousands of years it, this incident is at least 5000 years old so so why should it be and why should krishna call it as a dharma yudha and that was one of the focus from where i feel that we have lost that so if you look into my book this is the first book of a series called the lost epic i believe that somewhere in the process we have lost that epic and i have try to rework on this book as a part of the trilogy and fortunately this book has become number 1 in the mythology and anthology section on amazon unfortunately mythology is one word which i don't want to associate with our epic but i got number 1 in the mythology section you can call that it is, that is so great to hear and um, to our listeners i would definitely uh, put on a link of the book and the name of the book in the description of the podcast that you are hearing so all the ones who are keen to purchase the book all you need to do is just type on the name on your amazon account and you would get a link to the book thank you shani uh, and what was the main motivation behind your book Uh, that is uh, something really interesting ishani uh, i would say sometimes many negative factors to motivate you and that was in my case uh, you see in the recent few decades a lot of fiction book a lot of tv shows movies 
have come up which have depicted our great epics specifically mahabharata and ramayana but unfortunately if you go beyond those high definition graphic and very glossy writing there is a lot of distortions that have been done which has mocked our epic or probably i should use a more stronger word or say brutalizing the epic so our epic has been brutalized badly many distortions have happened Uh, in the last things villains are like duryodhan ravan karn they've been transformed as heroes our victims and then we started to raise the doubt on our heroes like arjun krishn ram that they may have been wrong so mm-hmm. probably you might have heard about one of the new upcoming films where saif ali khan says that okay we will depict why Ramayana story was more of a vengeance story by Ravan for avenging the insult of Surpanaka. So we have reached to a distortion of that level. So those distortions were by many motivating factors. One option was I wait for somebody like you to call me on an interview and then I express my ideas. But another way I felt is to stop us from writing the right side of that. That was my motivation. okay that is so good so uh, what i have seen over the time is a lot of authors especially who write on indian epics they face a lot of issues while writing like not otherwise but especially from the readers a lot of uh, trolls a lot of negative comments so did you have to go to en- go through any such thing uh not related to my book yet not much there are other reasons but i have been an active writer on kora on specifically the epic section and there i have been trolled a lot for talking about authentic versions over the popular politicians okay that is something different again i'm getting to hear people getting trolled on kora <laughs> they get trolled everywhere and you will not you will not imagine the kind of questions you will find they ask about you i would recommend you can probably google my name on there and you will find a few quora questions which are so absurd that probably we cannot even talk about them on a show like this okay. but a quick google link will tell you what kind of trolling people do and for talking that for speaking the truth that is something i absolutely agree so be it any platform you know if you are speaking the truth and people don't like your truth then you get trolled so that is why i was a bit uh, you know into the thing that you definitely might have got trolled for your book also because when you take such an important topic specially related to mahabharat and it being a dharm yuddh then i don't know i am probably now waiting to read the book do read it absolutely you i not regret it i am sure i won't hearing about it is bringing another kind of motivation to me so i'm not that big a mahabharat fan because i find it to be way too long to watch i have though read half of the book of mahabharat originally and uh, then somehow i had to leave it but uh, i think you follow i don't Which even know i think it's the it's the old version of mahabharat the first i think it, it was a very thick i don't even know the author okay I found it in my school library and the librarian said that it is one of the oldest mahabharat versions available. Okay. It was a very old book yellow pages but then I was really liking it. So I was I started watching also the BR Chopra Mahabharat. But then 
I think uh, your book is going to bring out a new perspective to me of Mahabharat. Partly, I got some very nice reviews on Amazon regarding the book. They are quite encouraging. People have liked it. I have nearly a hundred reviews, most of them positive. So, I'll say. That is great. I am then waiting to drop in my review also ASAP. Okay, I will wait for it. Definitely, sir. So, who has been your biggest strength throughout this journey? Because writing an epic is not an easy thing to do. Again, I would say the same support system. My uh, sisters, my brother, my friend, they have been looking, criticizing, condemning every page that I wrote. I read them, debated them, sometimes fought with them, sometimes forcing to change what I wrote. Before so, then I can uh, kind of sum up and say that your family and your friends have been your best critics. Uh, they have been. My best critics. Yeah, worst critics. You would say worst critics are always the best one. Absolutely. That is great. And when you have such people who are there to read it and you know to comment on the script before, I'm sure then the book turns out to be the best. Yeah. So as you said, you want to make this book a trilogy. So what are your plans about your next books or projects? Uh, beyond this trilogy, I mean, right? Yeah. Naturally, the first target is to complete this trilogy, which is an epic fiction. But over the process of writing this book, mm-hmm. I did a lot more research than I originally had done. And moreover, as I said, my involvement with Cora and seeing the kind of distortion social media is undergoing these days, I felt that it is also very important that we should be having a non-fiction, average version of the epic. Now, as you said, sometimes back. That you went to your school library, you got a book, and you could not complete because it was too big. Now I can tell you that what you got must be one of the many volumes in which Mahabharat is present. Absolutely. I have a volume of Mahabharat which is actually six volumes, each more than fifteen hundred big pages. So we will say that when we go for Mahabharat, which is consisting of one lakh verses, one lakh stanzas. Hmm. Which is by and large the largest epic anywhere in the universe. Absolutely, bigger than anything that has ever been written. So one of the problem is by the sheer volume, many people get scared and they don't want to go deeper into it. For them, a easy digest is going for B R Chopra's Mahabharat or Star Plus Mahabharat or some of the thin books by so-called Mahabharat Express. And those fictions they tend to give a completely different perspective of the epic because they have been narrated in a different way and because they have played with the facts so my target is also to work on a non fiction version of mahabharat where in an average version because if i write an another an average one will have no sense because you have the original one agree so going in the average version something that rabi rajgopalachari ji tried in early part of the century last century the idea is to have a version which will not only be telling the story in a non fiction way but also countering the most common popular controversies of our current period so what are the common uh, distortions what are the people have been led to believe something which never existed in the original epic where heroes have been turned into villains or villains have been turned into heroes where many stories have been added which have no uh, 
relevance or no existence in the original episode. So, I want to discuss it. You have seen or read or heard a bit about Mahabharat, right? Yeah. So, anything have you heard? Do you remember anything from uh, Dhrapadi Shandar? Mm-hmm. What happens when Karan uh, uh, stands up to go to the contest of Shandar? As far as I remember, Dhrapadi insults him. Yes. As far as you remember, Dhrapadi insults him and that is one of the most common picture engraved in the memory of most India. And that in a way becomes a justification for when Dhrapadi was insulted during the Dutch Sabha. Agreed. But honestly speaking, in the authentic version of the epic, this story does not exist. Or it exists. See, we have more than 1,000 different manuscripts found from past 600 years. Out of those thousands of manuscripts, only five manuscripts contains the story that Dhrapadi uh, actually insulted Kurt. Where most of the scholars who researched on this book, they categorically agree that this whole work is fabricated. Dhrapadi never insulted Kurt. And in fact, the authentic version also says that Kern fell in that circle. So you see, you have made a person victim because he was somehow victimized, and you made a decent lady, an arrogant person who insults others for the caste. Agreed. You see, Kern is often mentioned as the somebody of a lower caste kind of thing from our current uh, nomenclature, from our current language. Absolutely. Khan wasn't a lower caste. He was born of a, a, a Sutar. He was not a Sudra kind of thing. He was a Sutar. And Sut were considered as people with a Kshatriya father and a Brahmin mother. So by no means he was a lower caste. But he has been made a victim. And he has made a time hero of a villain. So, such kind of things have happened a lot. Agreed. So that is something, you know, when you say, when you speak about it, when and when I think about it, then I feel that yes, what you are saying is actually true. So we have gone through such kind of distortions, and one of my purpose of this project, the non-fictionalized version of Mahabharat, which I am calling as the Mahabharat project, is to bring out the true stories based on authentic references and not just on some biased opinions. So I think this non-fiction version, again, it is just something which I would like to say, uh, is something that uh, everybody would like to purchase. Because as I, if I talk about myself, I love reading. I absolutely, like I have more than 100 books at my home today. I am that huge fan of reading. However, when I, whenever till date I've thought about the Mahabharata, somehow or the other, I have always taken a step back. So I have read Bhagavad Gita, I have read Ramayana, I have read all of those. But the moment I think about reading the Mahabharata, I always take a step back thinking of how huge it is. Yeah, actually see there are one of the challenges which I faced as specifically on the social media. When I said I started to talk or debate about those distortions and I had already completed my epic uh, fiction which is the Akash God. So there are two kinds of people, one who do not know anything about the authentic literature and two who have learned something of the authentic literature and the first thing they have developed is a grudge or a grievance against the fictional genre. So they don't really want or they 
strongly contend that there should be no fictionalization of literature so there are people so maybe to take uh, those audience i'll my non fiction may help them understand it better absolutely and i think um, what i notice as a writer and as a reader and as a publisher in today's uh, generation especially in the mindset of the people they prefer non fiction books more than fiction there are very limited set of people who like reading fiction even today especially in the younger okay. generation that is good to know and yes uh, your word there is a lot of credibility you are running whole publishing industry right now and i readily accepting means you have a much better research market research on this and you are an avid reader only i think only an avid reader can go into the world of making publishing book as their uh, life's profession so that's really great about it uh thank you and um, i am actually waiting to read the non fiction version and i think i would be the first reader to actually read your non fiction book because then i can proudly say that yes i have finally read the mahabharata at least a full version of the mahabharata uh, i'll certainly share as soon as i am ready with the book but i would also recommend to read the non fiction version i definitely would i definitely would So again if I if we talk about fiction and non fiction I would like to ask you another question that is um, so do you really think should we fictionalize our epics that is an uh, interesting question and I would concede that fictionalization is always a double edged sword and there are many it is said that there have been many books written in the recent time which are distorting the epic So I may sound hypocritical if I condemn that uh, writing a fiction and writing a fiction are same. That would be double standard. But if I see and if I don't talk about the recent fictions or other things, I would think that fictionalization is not really bad in itself, as the word fictionalization or interpolation. It has been a part of our epic tradition for the longest time. So let me give you an example. You know you can't make a jewelry out of twenty-four karat gold, right? Yeah. You need to reduce the karat, that means purity of the gold, in order to cast it into a jewelry. Because twenty-four karat gold doesn't have the whole strength. And if you want to put a diamond there, the karat value must still go down to probably eighteen or seventeen karat. Mm-hmm. No. So, question is why adding this impurity? What is our intention? If I am making a jewelry, and the purpose of this uh, impurity is to provide some strength, I would say it should be welcome. But if I am adding those impurities to keep the uh, customer and sell them pure gold, then probably you know the you can understand the difference there, right? I do. Why am I why am I reducing the current value to cheap or to expensive? Now, let me give you one example so that probably you can understand. You said that you have actually gone through Ramayan, right? Hmm. Uh, do you know about Lakshman Rekha? Yeah. What it is? Can you tell me? So Lakshman Rekha is that line that Lakshman draws to uh, stop Sita from stepping out. Like so, nobody like the outsider cannot step into that boundary to protect Sita. Right, but where does uh, this whole uh, uh, Lakshman Rekha incident 
coming to picture because let me tell you something which may be a bit surprising to you some maybe to some of your audience the ancient valmiki ramayan has got no reference of lakshman rekha in fact the popular second most ancient version kamban ramayan kamba ramayan of south india also does not have lakshman rekha and even the most famous ramcharitra manas also has got a passing by reference about lakshman rekha okay so top three they don't have lakshman rekha in ramcharitra manas there is a lakshman rekha but not in the aranyakand where sita gets kidnapped but a passing by reference mandudari makes to ravan she says that when his brother draw a line you could not cross how will you fight ram that is what mandudari says to ravan but the lakshman rekha concept does not exist in any form in the ancient valmiki ramayana so where does it come from so i tell you this concept was first explored uh, in rangnath ramayana in telugu which was composed around 1000 1000 is a period when invaders started to attack india mohammad ghori and others mm-hmm. mohammad ghazni mohammad ghori and what happened is the loot abduction rapes they went on rampant they increased a lot no how do you tell people to abide by certain protocol you see when you ask somebody directly in a non fiction way that hey follow the rules that the people will be rebelling So we have a subtle way of telling. Probably, I can guess they wrote the story to tell. Look, Sita was a goddess incarnate, and even she suffered because she did not follow the rules of staying with the family and staying within the boundaries, bounds of safety. I will not say some kind of stringent uh, resign that she was not allowed out. Bounds of safety. So if she ignored those safety protocols, even she suffered. I'm not telling you what you should do, but what happened? So I would say, if you see this story, you will find that this is like putting a diamond in a gold jewelry, adding a value which makes Ramayan relevant even in 1080. And probably, if you think about it from this perspective, it makes it relevant even today in 2021. So this is a fiction. This is a fiction added, not part of our authentic version. But this has got a great value. It gives value to the epic. Don't you agree? Agreed. Now take another example. Some of the most recent works, some of the most recent fiction, they start to explain or spawn a story that Bhishma Bhishma, somebody, the narrative keeps changing depending on which fiction you read. They massacred the entire family of Shakuni, and whatever Shakuni did, it was to revenge his family. So he, from being a bad guy, then becomes a victim. And you don't add any value to the epic. You try to show that Krishna was a crooked kind of man who used all the uh, tricks and all the dishonest tricks to win the war. So these are not something which makes your epic proud, but makes you question. What is so great about epic that I should really be focused on it in 2021? So the idea is fictionalization. And to now coming back to your question, I think I took longer than you expected there. Uh, fictionalization uh, is one of the core things which has promoted our. You know, you yourself said that probably you who is interested in Mahabharat get take a few step back when you see such a large volume. You know what if I say that there are at least 
a dozen of ancient volumes which contradict each other and they are equally large to talk about so in such cases unless you present the story fiction or non fiction in a, a small palatable mode i think people will not be too much keen in learning they will read whatever is presented to them if i don't write fiction somebody else will write and then they will get rather a quick or distorted view of our brand epic and slowly it will really be lost so i think fictionalization is going to be here much easier to stay and it's a good thing to keep the things live keep people involved my god i had never thought of it that way when you when you say these things to me and then i just go back to you know around 30 minutes back before we started this call and when i thought oh i'm going to learn something good today and now i feel oh i'm learning so many things and now i feel i would really go back to the valmiki ramayan i would search for it and definitely read on it sure that would be a great idea so you know before i asked you this question i was kind of very much against the idea that we should fictionalize our epic so i had very much in mind that when you give me an answer on it i would probably debate you over it that no what you're saying is wrong and we shouldn't fictionalize our epic but then the way you've explained it i have actually no words left to even debate or even say anything to you about it debate is a good thing debate is a good thing i love that tell the one absolutely sir but this issue i have seen a lot of times some of the purest fans of the epic they don't want fictionalization but they don't realize that that is something which always gives strength to our thing if i want to keep my younger generations in a world see there was a time in the past when there was nothing but book to entertain you to enlighten you to do everything today book is not competing with another book fiction or non fiction it is competing with tv shows it is competing with wonderful podcasts like one you do with a lot of other media reality shows or almost you can engage somebody and then you say hey are you going to be engaging in a 15000 page book probably people will say hey no let's go do that so you unless you make it again more relevant for the current period that's a lost cause unfortunately we our epic has survived over a 5000 years it will survive only to my wish that everybody who writes fiction they should write it more responsibly in order to strengthen it Agreed, agreed. So you've actually changed my perspective on this entire thing, and I'm so glad my perspective got changed. Okay. Uh, so my next question to you would be: This again became a very heavy part, and I think our listeners would like to get something light at the moment because this got heavy on me also. uh what are the other achievements that you are proud of i don't think i have had any achievements that i it's just i'm proud of i don't know whether getting a information panel from google on my name counts as an achievement but i recently saw that google has created an information panel on my name which i i feel is a bit rare <laughs> but i don't think that that counts as an achievement it definitely uh, does though because a very you know very limited people get that opportunity so i all of a sudden one of the person i was talking to told me that do you know google has got an information panel for you and 
I said, what? What is that? First of all, I that day I didn't even know that that particular area is known as information tunnel or something. But they told me, they made me realize, okay, that is some cost of an achievement. But I would say, what I'm really proud of is my journey and my values. Rather than having a particular destination in mind, I am proud of each part of the journey I am taking, both as a very professional and person my writing. Maybe if we sit down and chat together a couple of years down the line, I will have something really concrete to tell you about my journey. Absolutely, but then I think uh, I don't know. I personally believe more than material achievements, what uh, really matters is. what you get to learn throughout the entire journey and with you i can definitely say this much i i haven't spoken to you a long for a long time but in the while that i've got to know you i can say this that yes you have actually achieved a lot in the learning process if you ask about this term i would say what i achieved is to realize that you have to be a student for the rest of your life also agreed so probably that is the greatest achievement that i said my journey and my value is what i can call as an achievement today that is that is great sir so uh, with that i would come to my last question for this podcast uh, something which again is ve- a very common question and i'm sure you might have answered this question like maybe five times uh, in the last maybe a year or something where do you see yourself five years from today Well, uh, normally some of the simplest question happens to be the most difficult one to answer, right? But I think I would be exactly where I am now. Means uh, I may have published few more books, maybe. Um, I would still be trying to be a student over epic over history, just trying to be weeding out those distortions. I may grow a bit more wiser than today, may become a less tolerant than today. But I think that's about it, Mr. I am going to be content with the being a part of this journey, being part of as a student, and probably you will find me around here only even after five years, if I'm at all here. That is great, and I what I found really nice about you, especially talking to you, was the fact that you're very down to earth about it. You know, I have spoken to a lot of authors before also, and. Uh, I really found excited talking to you and I'm getting to learn a lot and I don't know it was a, it was a very good experience for me uh thank you so much for enlightening me and all the li- listeners right now Thank you Shani it was really nice you having me here to talk to your audience and all these things I also wish you a lot and I'm actually motivated by the people like you who are still quite young and you are already achieving a lot of things in book publication and all i had the opportunity to talk to your partner also in this thing and it is really very nice to be in touch with you people on this thing and i am really looking forward to get published even via your publication absolutely sir the honor would be ours thank you so much for this interview and uh, dear listeners Thank you so much for listening. Again, I would repeat, I am attaching the link, the Amazon link of Sir's book, as well as mentioning the name in the description. So, if you cannot get it directly from the link, just type in the name on your Amazon search bar, and you would get a copy of Sir's book. 
do order do read and don't forget to leave a review there thank you so much sir thank you thank you shani it was really nice talking to you same here sir good night, good night sir